guys, welcome to Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and as always, this episode is brought to you by the good folks over at Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMNMLB for your first deposit and have that deposit be matched up to $100. You guys know the drill by now. We love playing some prize picks and we love talking prize picks right off the top of the show. And we are going to give two picks I really like for Wednesday, April the 28th. It's a 10-game featured slate on DraftKings that gets going past 7 p.m. There's also a couple games in the afternoon, but for prize picks, we are talking the whole day, and I actually want to start things off with that matchup between the Red Sox and the Mets. It is a DeGrom day. Everyone rejoice, and it's probably like a chalk play. I understand that, but chalk doesn't matter too much over at prize picks. We're just picking the overs and the unders, remember? So I am going to take under five fantasy points for Xander Bogarts against Jacob DeGrom and the Mets, this is purely, purely about DeGrom. I mean, Xander's actually having a phenomenal start to his 2021 season, but DeGrom's numbers against right-handed batters are absolutely disgusting. So far this season, he is striking out basically 50% of the right-handed batters he sees, and the ones who are lucky enough to make contact aren't really doing much. In fact, righties have combined for just a .136 WOBA against DeGrom so far this season. DeGrom actually has a negative FIP within the split. Negative .20 FIP against right-handed batters in 2021. It's absolutely incredible. Again, nothing against Xander. It actually wouldn't shock me if he's able to, you know, get a single, maybe score a run, and somehow find this over, but... Right now, the smart money is just bet against any right-handed bat that is taking on Jacob deGrom, even an elite one like Xander Bogarts. Another elite right-handed bat. This one you'll kind of have to keep a bit of an eye on because Chris Bryant did not play in Tuesday's game against the Braves. Apparently, he's dealing with a little bit of an injury issue, but it seems like this is just like a maintenance day. I think he's going to be back in the lineup on Wednesday up against Yanoa of the Braves. I love picking on Yanoa. Right now, among qualified pitchers, he is giving up the most barrels per batted ball event at 18.2%. So lots of hard contact, and most of that hard contact is to right-handed batters. Righties averaging 3.65 home runs per nine against Yanoa so far this season. So I like all the Cubs right-handed bats against this guy, but particularly Chris Bryant. His fantasy point prop on prize picks is set at just seven and a half points. I am taking the over on that one. Bryant, so far this season, 88 plate appearances, a 392 ISO, and a 165 WRC+. Essentially, he's back to being regular Chris Bryant. We don't have to worry or talk about 2020 Chris Bryant anymore. Okay. Let's talk about the 10-game featured slate past 7 p.m. on DraftKings. Bigger slate than we've had the last couple Wednesdays, at least when it comes to the evening slate. We've had some pretty big afternoon slates so far this season, but this one, again, gets going at 7.05. That's when lineups lock 
on the East Coast for this DraftKings slate. Let's start at the top of the board with the pitchers. Tyler Glasnow is the most expensive arm on this slate, but I want to talk about Carlos Rodon, who has been a revelation so far in 2021. We all know about the no-hitter. What an amazing story that was. However, it's really been more than that one start. He's only had three so far this season, but still, those three starts have been phenomenal. He's got a 16% swinging strike rate. The strikeout rate itself is immaculate. And his fastball velocity, I mean, you think of Carlos Rodon, you think first of the injury history, and you would think maybe his career path a little bit more like Aaron Sanchez, another former top prospect who injury, 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 and now he doesn't have that velocity. It's gone the other direction for Carlos Rodon. 95 miles per hour average velocity on that fastball. That is not just, you know, a huge number in a vacuum. It is a career high for the left-handed pitcher. So he is pitching out of his mind right now, and he draws the Detroit Tigers. Now, the Tigers kind of bit us in the ass on Tuesday. It was a weird slate on Tuesday. Max Scherzer got lit up by the Blue Jays, uh, particularly Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who had three home runs in that game, two off of Max Scherzer. Uh, We also saw Lucas Giolito get a little roughed up by the Tigers. In fact, gave up a big three-run home run in the sixth inning to kind of ruin his outing altogether. So the Tigers aren't a layup necessarily. However, they still do lead baseball in many, many important categories when it comes to DFS, particularly strikeout rate and swinging strike rate. And they have been pitiful this season against left-handed pitching. They have been, without question, the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching. Coming in to Tuesday's slate, the Tigers had a 42 WRC plus against Southpaws. That was easily the worst mark in baseball. They also have a 34.2% strikeout rate. So if Rodon can pitch five, six innings in this game, he's going to rack up fantasy points. And so far this season, he's scored... He's averaging like 33 points per game, but that's a little skewed, obviously. But he's gotten at least 22, 23 DraftKings points in every single start this season. I'm going to go back to that well. Another guy, another left-hander, who's really interesting on Wednesday's slate. I'm not even saying I want to be heavily invested in Steven Matz, but I want to talk about Steven Matz. I think it's a really interesting case study for a guy who, again, big-time former prospect, someone who we know has legitimate stuff, And I think a lot of people could have guessed he would have rebounded from a terrible campaign in 2020. Maybe not this well, but I think we knew Matz was going to be better so far this season. Did we know he was going to be this good? I don't think so. I don't even know. I don't even think the Blue Jays knew he was going to be this good. But Matz comes into this game uh, having won all four of his first starts of the season. 27.2% strikeout rate, .94 whip. He is $8,700 going up against the Washington Nationals, the Juan Soto-less Washington Nationals, who have not been able to get a whole lot going offensively since Soto went down. So they are a team that a lot of people are going to want to pick on. Mats is a hot pitcher. Everyone knows Mats is pitching really, really well. So I could see him being popular. But again, it's it's a little nerve-wracking for me still. It's not that I don't trust Mats. I mean, full disclosure, I'm a Jays fan. I've watched all of his starts. He's looked great. But Washington comes into this slate with a 124 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. That is the second best mark in baseball. Is a lot of that on the shoulders of Juan Soto? Sure. But Starlin Castro has looked really good against lefties. Ryan Zimmerman 
has looked really good against lefties. Kyle Schwarber, limited sample, but has held his own against left-handed pitching so far this season. So it's it might not be as much of a slam dunk matchup as everyone is making it out to be. And the other thing I really want to focus in on with Mats and the fact that he's averaging over a strikeout per inning and he has that 27% strikeout rate, the swinging strike rate isn't all that high. Now, swinging strike rate isn't the end-all be-all, but generally speaking, when we're talking strikeouts, the more sustainable path to strikeouts is swinging strikes instead of called strikes. Mats is really leaning towards the latter. In fact, his 22.3% called strike rate is the second highest qualified mark in all of baseball. I just don't think a called strike rate above 20% is sustainable. At some point, if these strikeout numbers are going to continue, he's going to have to actually get the swings and misses, and we haven't quite seen that to this point. Now, Mats is a guy with a track record of being about a strikeout per inning, so I don't think it's going to like dissolve entirely, but he might not be a 27 per strikeout guy, 27%, excuse me, strikeout guy. Maybe it's more like of a 23, 24% strikeout guy when some of this starts to normalize. Again, he's viable tomorrow. Uh, it's a it's a decent matchup, but it might not be as great a matchup as everyone is going to make it out to be. Uh, the third pitcher I wanted to talk about on this 10-game slate, Herman Marquez at $7,500, very affordable on Wednesday's slate. And Marquez has quietly had a pretty decent season so far, despite the fact that the Rockies' early season schedule has been very, very home-heavy. Four of his five starts have come at Coors Field. Despite that, his ERA sits at 3.45 through those first five starts. The expected ERA is a little bit over four, but nothing outlandish when it comes to Marquez, it's the walks that have been the most concerning thing. But really, aside from opening day where he walked six Dodgers, it's been pretty middle of the road. I mean, two or three walks per game. It's not amazing, but that's who Marquez is. You kind of, a little bit of a trade-off there considering uh, how much swing and miss stuff he has. His last two starts, both at Coors Field, 13 innings pitched, 14 strikeouts, and just five walks. So I think Marquez is in a pretty good spot Overall, he's kind of in a rhythm right now. He's pitching some of the best baseball we've seen the last two years from him. And the Giants are a great matchup for a right-handed pitcher, especially one who gets to pitch in San Francisco, not in Colorado. That's about the best transference of ballparks that you could possibly imagine. Uh, the Giants this season against right-handed pitching are in the lower third of the league in both OPS and WOBA, and their 28.4% strikeout rate within the split heading into Tuesday was the highest mark in the National League. So they bring the strikeouts. They don't bring a lot of pop. I actually think Marquez is in a really nice spot. I like him a lot at 7,500. All right, let's talk about some stacks really quickly. Uh, I already mentioned Yanoa of the Braves. Uh, his massive barrel rate so far this season obviously is very enticing for a Cubs stack. I talked about Bryant. Uh, the right-handed batters are really where you want to focus here. Not that I have, you know, if you want to get um, you know, Ian Happ in there if he happens to be leading off, although I think he's been dropped to the bottom of the order recently, especially against righties. Uh, if you want to get, you know, whoever. I, I, Javi Baez might not play. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury, whatever. But I think Contreras and Bryant are like target one and target two when it comes to this stack. Again, 3.65 home runs per nine for you know at a right-handed batter so far this season. Two guys, though, I did want to point out, especially if Baez does not play. David Bote 
is $2,800. And then you've got Nico Horner at $2,800. Both of these guys have hit top third in the lineup against a right-handed pitcher in the Cubs' past two games. There's a very good chance for less than $3,000 you could get a right-handed bat in a premium lineup spot against a pitcher who is giving up barrel after barrel to RHBs. So those two guys in particular are two names I want to point out as massive value opportunities on Wednesday. Another more expensive stack, Casey Mize is going up against the White Sox in that Rodon game. Mize has had a lot of trouble with left-handed bats so far this season. A 450 Woba within the split, 3.52 home runs per nine. And despite his stuff, despite his velocity, just 13.5% strikeout rate within the split. So a lot of contact, a lot of good contact by left-handed bats against the former number one pick in the MLB draft. Moncada, Grandal, Eaton, uh, those are your obvious options. Also, with Luis Robert being put on the IL, he's got some flu-like symptoms. He might not be there long. There's even a chance that he's activated in time for Wednesday's game. So keep an eye on that because he's obviously viable in this matchup. But if he's not playing, Jake Lamb got the start on Tuesday, hit 7th, so not exactly a premium lineup spot, but he's $3,300, a very cheap left-handed bat that you could possibly throw into that White Sox stack. All right, let's talk about some bets before we get out of here, and uh, let's go back to the Cubs one final time. I don't think I have to uh, really drive this home anymore, but the Cubs team total is set at four and a half runs on Wednesday. I will take the over on that at plus money, plus 116. Uh, This isn't just about the starting pitching of the Braves. It's also about the bullpen. Uh, Atlanta, coming into Tuesday, had the seventh highest XFIP of any bullpen in baseball. So there are a lot of different ways to score runs against Atlanta right now. The second bet I want to talk about, bringing this full circle once again, another team total, the Tigers team total is set at three and a half, the under minus 134. Again, a 42 WRC plus against left-handed pitching so far this season. Rodon is about, I mean, he's not the best left-handed pitcher in baseball, but he's pitching about as well as anyone in baseball, and he happens to be left-handed. I've just got to see the Tigers actually produce against a left-handed pitcher before I stop absolutely drumming this number every single time I see it. They have a start against a left-handed pitcher. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network presented by Prize Picks. I am Gary and Thorne. Good luck tomorrow, and guys, I will see you again next time.